Welcome to Presence Church's Sermon of the Week. We are so excited to share this powerful word with you. My legs feel weak. There was um, a story in the Bible where it says Jesus sat down and taught them. I'm wondering if it's one of those days. If you're new, it's normal. You guys know it says that? Jesus sat down. When Jesus was preaching to 5,000 people, his, in the Bible, the biggest audience he had, that we know of at least, and the dude sits down. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Is that just me? It's amazing. By the way, where he preached to them, I've been there, really cool. There's this, there's this, it's right by the side of the, of the, um, uh, the sea, and, and there's, it's, all, it's like a lake. But anyways, it's called the Sea of Galilee. And then there's this hill, and on top of it, they have uh, a Catholic like monastery now because they basically own the whole place. Um, but on the side where everybody would be, uh, everybody would be kind of sitting uh, on this hill. But what's really crazy is you could be anywhere on this hill, and you get one person down at the bottom and just like talk normal. And no matter where you are on it, you hear them so clear. It's crazy. I was like, this is amazing. But anyways, it could have been supernatural too, I guess. Jesus did a lot of miracles. <laughs> but it was a natural amphitheater, the whole, the whole place. All right, if you got a Bible, we're going to go to 1 John. Wouldn't it be cool if we did like a church Israel trip? Yes. Come on, Holy Ghost, set it up, help us. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you that you're here with us right now. Lord, I pray for the depths of what you have to say, God, will come out. I pray that we'd be so encouraged for our lives. <laughs> I pray for miracles to happen. And we thank you for every single moment of you touching us, breaking chains, setting captives free, cleansing consciences of sin. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to preach off of a particular verse today. And the verse says, just as he is, so are you. Just as he is in heaven, so are you. There's um, a saying that we don't really say it 
Um, but in traditional churches, you know, they would say when they take communion, saying we're the body, we're the body of Christ. But there's a truth that if we, full, if we understood and really believed what we're saying, not every problem, but a lot of problems would be done with if the church really understood that we're the body of Christ. Oh my gosh. All right, you ready for this? This is in 1 John. Now in 1 John, the guy who wrote this, his name is John. Okay, good. <laughs> that was my pop quiz for all of you. You're all official PhDs in the Bible now. Well, the author of 1 John is John. Um, and he also wrote the Gospel of John, and he also wrote the book of Revelation. Now in 1 John, kind of the the... He's a very interesting guy, John. I really like him. But in his books, he, he likes to say why he's writing and saying what he's saying. So, for example, in the Gospel of John, he says something very particular. He says, I've written these things. He says at the end of the Gospel of John, I've written these things so that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Okay? So he writes... The Gospel of John, so you understand, Jesus legit is God became a man and died for your sins. He writes 1 John, he says, I'm writing these things. You ready for this? So that you don't sin. Is that an interesting statement? I'm writing these things so that you don't sin. So in 1 John, it's a cool book. And in this book, there's certain nuggets of revelation that what it's doing is it's helping us to understand the supernatural life that we're called to live out. In the gospel of John, the same author quotes Jesus, John 14, 12, saying, the same works that I do, you will do. And greater things than these will you do. Why? Because he's going to the Father and he's giving you the Holy Ghost. Okay, so this same John who was writing about Jesus saying that we're going to walk in this miraculous power is hitting on something particular. He's going to the, the foundation of foundations. You know, it's you got to deal with before you, you really before you really understand how to release healing power of Jesus. What you should really get first is how to walk in the love of God and walk in freedom from sin. And learn that you're the righteousness of God and learn how to manifest it in your life. If you get that, the other stuff's all going to follow after that. So John is hitting on that. He's not hitting on that to exclude those other aspects, like the things Jesus said when Jesus was saying in the gospel of John, the works that I do, you will do. Obviously, that matters to him. He wrote it himself. But what he's talking about here is something particular for the church, and that is, freedom from sin. He's saying, I'm writing these things so that you will not sin. Okay. So there's a nugget in here that I really pray to God that we understand just as he is. So are you in this world? We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. You guys know, I'm going to just, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to machine gun holy ghost this <sighs> faith faith doesn't grab things that 
don't exist that you just make up in your head. Faith grabs things that he has provided. Faith grabs hold of things that he's provided for you. What has he provided for you? You ready? This is the simplest way to think about it. Him. <laughs> Just, wait, 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 wait. Did Jesus provide righteousness for you when he died on the cross? Well, yeah, because the Lord of righteousness is in you and you've gotten the gift of righteousness. Does Jesus provide healing for you on the cross? If that really bugs some of you. The healer lives in you. Okay. Does he provide deliverance? Maybe, maybe there's more agreement with that one. The deliverer lives in you. We don't separate the presence of God and who he is from theology or from the doctrines, but the doctrines are literally the teachings are things that flow from the reality of who he is in us. You are the body of Christ what I'm saying right now, okay, when I preach, when I preach with, with what they're saying, we're going to get to it in a second. And then all of a sudden testimonies come out. I will say this, like, there's one place of being a Christian and saying I'm a Christian. There's another thing of like actually believing the things of Jesus. And when you actually believe what Jesus says, I'm just letting you know you will get persecution and like stuff like that. Like I got family members. I can't. I don't even have. I, I got. This is being recorded. I have. There's. Uh, this is a scripture that Jesus gave out a big sigh. Like when people you love are like forbidden from listening to you because you're just too, they don't want people, people don't want, you know, other ones, like little ones to hear your stories. You're just too radical. Protect people from Micah. Could you imagine? People, I don't bite, you know? But anyways, if you believe what I'm saying and you believe what Jesus is saying, you believe what the apostles are saying, you're going to look a little wackadoodle to a world that doesn't have him and doesn't understand anything about the gospel. Like, the, you will literally look crazy. Like, I'll tell you a story. One time, <clears throat> I was with my friend, and he had just broken his hand. And I, I don't know if I've ever shared this story here, but I'm going to say it. He had just broken his hand, and the bone, there was complete separation between the bones. And the doctor said, you, you got to get you got to get surgery. And my friend Andrew was like, I don't want to. And they said, well, it's going to take like three months to heal if it does heal, but you're still going to have to come back like weeks from now. We're going to have to check and see if it's even, if it even connected. Cause if it didn't connect, you're still going to have to have surgery. And he says, I'll take that chance. So he gets a hard cast put on his arm. And I remember a few days later, he was at my house and we were praying for him. And, um, and you guys ever get a little like weird with the Holy Ghost? You, you hear things. Oh, I heard something. And God said, he's healed. And I said, Andrew, bro, you're healed, bro. I was like, cut your cast off. <laughs> he looked at me like I was crazy. It's one of my good friends. And then I said something that made him upset. I said, well, you're healed according to your faith. 
And he got so... And anyways, I didn't know it got him so mad, but it just popped out of my mouth. You guys ever do that on accident? Things come out? And then you think afterwards, like, I didn't really mean to say that, but I accidentally said it. I'm not usually like that. I'm usually, like, very, like, keep the peace. You know what I mean? The Holy Spirit has to, like, take me over if I'm going to do something wild. Anyways... But I said this, and supposedly he got upset with me. But he went home, and he prayed. He said, God, if I'm really healed. This is one of my best friends. He said, God, if I'm really healed, show me in a dream. He goes to sleep. He wakes up from a dream where God was telling him, you're healed. And in the dream, he cuts off the cast. He wakes up and goes, I'm healed. He goes, and he gets industrial scissors at his house. His parents are Jehovah's Witness. They don't like this kind of stuff. They see him cutting his cast off. It's been days, literally like five days, six days after he just got it on. And they're like, what are you doing? And he said, I don't know. I just believe I'm healed. My friends prayed for me and I had a dream. And they're like, you're nuts. He cuts off the cast and they're like, you should go to the doctor, which I actually agreed. You should. You should go get it checked. So he goes to the doctor. It's now been seven days since he got it put on. He walks into the doctor's office. The doctor says, what are you doing? And he says, I don't know. My friends pray for me, and I, you know, I believe I'm healed. He's like, he's like looking at him. He's like, let's go get an x-ray. He gives, he gives him an x-ray. Andrew says that he's chilling in the waiting room, in the um, doctor's office room, whatever it is, he's waiting. And he says, the doctor walked in, and the words out of his mouth, he goes, well, you got x-rays to prove it. And he walks over, <laughs> and he puts up on the, you know, it's like a translucent, whatever, whatever. He puts it up on the thing, and there's, uh, <laughs> where there was no bone, bone grew back. Isn't that fun? Weird, right? Weird. Is that not weird? <laughs> Dude, the world doesn't do that. And when you begin to talk about what's possible, I mean, that's like nothing. Dude, physical healing is it's, it's awesome, but it's so minute compared to your eternal life. Now, I would be down to pray for everybody anyways because there's a lot of people that actually get saved when they see healing. Uh, but anyways, it's wild what happens when you start to believe and see what's possible at the fact that you are the body of Christ. Changing your mindset. Listen, you're not, you're not just a religious person here on earth. Ready for this? God's up there in heaven. There's a big long distance you throw up your message to him. It's traveling. You hope he hears it. Maybe if he hears it, maybe something will be done. That's not the Christian life. That's not how Jesus was living and operating. Oh, man. He has come to have his home in you. You are a temple of the living God. Faith, faith, here's the thing on faith, ready? Faith, there's confession and abiding faith, okay? But faith 
confesses and abides in the reality of things and truth that God has provided in Christ Jesus, which is summed up in God is in you. Okay. Wow. Okay, we're going there. Here we go. First John 4. I don't want to push too fast because I feel like some of us are still in the place where we're God's way out there and there's this giant, you got to play a telephone game with him. I'm really hoping that you see yourself different when you walk out of here, that you literally are realizing you're the body of Christ. Oh my gosh. Okay. We're going to start with verse 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God. And God continually abides in him. In this Love is completed so that we have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Okay, I want to say two things real quick. You ready for this? Grab hold of these little nuggets. Never separate theology from God himself. Okay? It says, he's talking about how do you walk in freedom from sin? So we're going to start there. How do you walk in freedom from sin? He says two things. Number one, he says, those who confess Jesus is Lord, he says, God is in you. So before, before you question, I don't even know if I got God in me. Do you confess that Jesus is Lord? Is that simple? You can believe that the fullness of God is in you. If you simply are confessing that Jesus is the son of God. You're not lacking anything. Start there. You got to know that. Okay. Two. He says, abide in love. Abide in love. So don't, don't just stop at, I'm a Christian and I said a prayer. If you want to not sin, he says, do the opposite, which is love people. But to love people, it's not you walking around with God up there and you trying to love a bunch of people for God. To love people, there has to be two things. One, you got to have God in you. And two, you've got to abide in love. And when you abide in love, knowing his love for you, knowing how much he cares for you, knowing that he first loved you, knowing that when you were a sinner, Christ loved you. He showed his love for you in this, that while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. You abide in the truth of his love. You abide in the reality that his love has covered all your sin, that it's removed your sin from your life, that he's not condemning you. I've not come into the world to condemn the world, but that through me, you can be saved. He's, he loves me. I'm abiding in a truth, but I'm, I'm, I'm abiding also in a person that loves me. Come on. In that, you begin to manifest love. Those who are forgiven much, love much. And then it goes on. He says, you love because he first loved you. So 
if you don't want to sin and you want to be a person of love, well, you got to get something. Number one, you got to get God because it's a supernatural life to love people. Just as supernatural as healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, cleansing the lepers, love people, miraculous, supernatural, supernatural, supernatural. Forget the healing and all that stuff. If it really bugs you, kick it out the window. Love, supernatural. You need to learn how to be a supernatural Christian. It doesn't look like I've got to love enough so God is pleased and I'm trying to love. If that was really the ultimate thing of all this, it was pointless for Jesus. Like if that was enough, there would have been no point for Jesus to come and die for you. Just go try to love people. He wants his love in you. Mm, and he wants you to live through him. Oh, look at what it says. Look at it. It says, verse 9. The love of God was displayed in us. How? How is the love of God displayed? In that God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. Yay. There is a supernatural life for the Christian that goes beyond you trying to do good enough stuff for him, but it goes into you communing, abiding with the real living God where miracles will start to break out. And I'm talking first and foremost about love. <laughs> it's a miracle. Ah. Like if, if you have people that come against you for being a Christian as an example, or for anything, and they're really close to you, you're not going to feel like you want to keep doing that thing. You understand? But if you abide in something, you're going to do something supernatural that's different than what your flesh is going to want to do. Okay, we're getting there. You're the body of Christ. I'm just going to believe that all the stares at me are just people thinking. It's <laughs> a good idea, I heard. Wow. So you're the body of Christ. How do we live this thing out? This thing's not lived out by me trying to do good. Here's a way to say it. You don't, you don't live and do good things to try to get into the holy of holies, right? You don't obey God to get into the holy of holies, right? But once you're in the holy of holies, you obey God from that place. Your obedience and things isn't to attain some type of righteousness, some type of standing, some type of goodness, some type of power of God, but because the blood of Jesus has purchased something for you, he has made a new and living way into the presence of God so that from that place and full assurance of faith, knowing, having your heart sprinkled and cleansed from a guilty conscience, knowing that you are a holy saint, a royal priesthood, a powerful people, the dwelling place of God, the children of God, born not just of flesh, but now born of the Spirit, supernatural, powerful people, just as he is, so are you in this world, kind of people. That's who you are. Isn't that awesome? 
But if you don't believe that, man, it's going to be real hard trying to live out anything in faith. Faith confesses truth. It doesn't confess randomness. It confesses truth. And then faith abides. It confesses, but it's not just the confession. There has to be connection. Confession and connection, supernatural is lived out. It all stems from God, whether it's love, whether it's healing, whether it's deliverance. If you're going through a sickness, okay, you ready for this? If you're going through a sickness, confession, confession, by his stripes I am healed. Ready for this one? This might really tick some of you off. I'm the life of God in Christ Jesus. I got a fount of living water coming out of me. Just like the Bible, the Bible doesn't say, hey, I call you righteous. It says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because as he is, so are you on this earth. Why does Jesus say your light? He's the light of the world. Oh, as he is, he's teaching you something. As he is, so are you in this world. You have to believe, confess something. I, I have life. I'm so one with life, I'm life. I'm righteous. Now, if it was just according to my flesh, Mike ain't righteous, okay. I was a drug addict, been arrested, not fun. But now, because of the blood of Jesus, I am 100% righteous. Yeah? And I have to believe that. So confession, but two, connection abiding. So if you're dealing with temptation, no, I'm the righteousness of God. And now I'm connecting in the person who's righteous. And I'm saying, Lord, would you be righteous through me? Cause I live through you. Come on. And you live from that place. Boom. If it's, if it's sickness, it's, I confess, Lord, you're, you're my healer. Hmm. I confess by your stripes I'm healed. I confess that you live in me. And Lord, I'm coming to you, the great physician, and I'm going to press into who you are, Lord God. And I say, Lord, would you manifest through me right now with your life from the, from the, from the place of my spirit mm, and where you are right here, come through and manifest in my life, Jesus. Are we following what I'm saying? Basically, faith's a big fat bridge, a rainbow bridge from your spirit to the flesh. Okay. Rainbow, rainbow by the way. I, oh, gosh. I didn't mean to actually say this. Rainbow means promise, and it's a promise God ain't going to judge you. It means that there's good things for you. Let's not get it twisted. But there's a rainbow bridge, and that, that's faith. That's connecting from something that God's deposited in you. The Bible says he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. I'm going to backtrack real quick. One sentence. Ready? The things that I'm saying are not contrary to the rational mind in, in terms of the world. The world will not like what I'm saying right now. So if you're wrestling with it, I love all of you. Just, just wrestle with it a little bit more. Okay? But faith pulls something that God has deposited in you and brings it out. That's what faith does. Faith takes of something that's not in the visible realm and believes it confesses it, doesn't stop there because you don't separate the teaching from the person, confesses it, 
but it connects to who God is in that. And it waits in that place and it stays in that place and it listens and it sees in that place. Listen, when you listen and see in that place and you connect in that place, weird stuff's going to happen. One time, okay, how come, how come, how come, how come, how come some sickness doesn't go away when you pray for it? This is going to just, we're going to go there. Shall we do this? Do you know in the Bible actually has multiple reasons? It actually does have multiple reasons. No one ever wants to talk about it because no one wants to offend anybody. But you want me to tell you the different reasons? Number one is the glory of God. Number one, Lazarus was sick. The dude was dead. Well, he ended up dying, but he was sick at first. He's Jesus' friend. His sisters have faith. They call for Jesus to heal him. That's faith. Jesus got the faith. There ain't no problem with faith going on. Okay? And yet he says, no, this is, this is so that God's glory would be revealed, ultimately showing him in even greater power, even greater splendor. And he comes and then Lazarus ends up dying, but Lazarus gets resurrected. And the Bible says that multiple, the Jews just were believing in Jesus when they saw that. Yes? Okay. Two, this might offend some of you, but lack of faith. I'm sorry if it offends you, but listen. The Bible, you guys want to hear something crazy? This is in the book of Mark. Read it. The Bible says, Jesus went into a certain city. It says, he could not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. It doesn't say he did not do many miracles there. It says he could not. Jesus, the son of God, could not do miracles in a certain place because of unbelief. What did that unbelief look like? It just looked like people closing their doors and not wanting to come to him. It says he only could heal a, a few people. Why? Because there's only a few people coming to him. Do you know that if you want a healing, listen, I want to say something really liberating over you. Ready? If you just simply come to Jesus or ask for a prayer and you're believing for it, that's enough faith to be healed. So if you're in a place and you're like, well, I'm not healed. Do I not have enough faith? Listen. If you're asking, you have enough faith to be healed. That's not the issue. When it's an issue for people to not be healed because of their unbelief, it's just simply people that never went to Jesus in the first place. But it's still a reason people don't get healed. Are we following what I'm saying? Number three, here's a reason. You as a minister, your lack of faith which is really a bigger issue than a receiver. The disciples, <laughs> the oh man, I'm really going there. The disciples, the disciples had a kid and the kid had epilepsy. And they couldn't cast the demon out of him and heal the kid. And they said to Jesus, why, there's the question, could we not cast it out? Do you know what Jesus' answer was to his sweet disciples? He said, because of your lack of faith. Okay. So there's a place for us as people to grow, not just throw everything in God's bucket and go, oh, he's not healed. It's your fault. That's not always true. Okay. Here's another one. Sometimes I'm not saying all the time. Sometimes it requires repentance. 
If you were getting plastered on alcohol every day and you had liver problems and you're like, God, heal my liver, but you continue to get plastered every day on alcohol, you should probably repent if you want your liver to get better. <laughs> Is that simple enough? The Bible says, the Bible says in James, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. There is a place for that. It's also in Revelation where he says, I've given her time to repent and these people in the church time to repent for the sexual morality that they're doing, but because they're not, I'm going to cast them on a sickbed. Now we say, we say that, <laughs> this is really heavy. We say that God, no one can give what they don't have, right? So God doesn't have sickness, so he doesn't give sickness. Well, <laughs> God's angels who are with Elijah weren't blind and yet they struck people blind. God's angel in the book of Acts was not sick with worms when he struck Herod with worms in his stomach and the dude died because he declared he's God in front of everybody. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. But you know, God's really merciful. He, good thing he doesn't just strike you down. The dude's really long suffering. He wants everybody to repent and believe in him. He wants you to get saved. He wants you to have liberation, abundant life. But sometimes you should repent. <laughs> Here, here's, another, here's another reason. Your time's up. Pray for my 99-year-old grandma. I could pray eternal life all I wonder. It just ain't the time. God has literally put a cap on our existence. Right now. That's called Mortality. That means that there's death involved with our human body. Do you guys, are we following? Now the spirit gives life to our mortal flesh, but you're still on this side of Jesus coming back. So it just might be time. But if you don't understand this, you're going to get really upset if you're praying for your grandma or whoever, and they're super old and you're like, God didn't heal him. I don't. He doesn't promise you everlasting life right now. He promised you everlasting life, period, in the spirit. But your body might die pre-Jesus. Now, if he wants to keep you alive, that's his prerogative. I mean, he could do that too, but he doesn't promise it. Are we following? Oh. Why do I sigh? Sometimes I sigh because I, I have real loved ones that I just breaks my heart that when you, get, when you really believe what Jesus has done and you preach her and, you're doing, and you do this stuff, that there will be people who come against you. It's just crazy. You know? just, that's so like, uh, but I'm still willing to preach it. <laughs> Even if it sounds crazy and looks crazy to the world, I'm going to preach it. You're the body of Christ. You're a supernatural human being. God lives in you. He wills and does through you. The same works that Jesus did, he wants to do it through you. Everything about the Christian life is supernatural. Everything. Because it's all a result of God in you and you living through him. Everything in the Christian life is supernatural. 
But we've got to be people who see and hear. Sometimes it's hard. One time I prayed for my daughter. I said this before, month, maybe almost a year ago when I first got here. I remember saying this story. I prayed for my daughter once. She kept getting these rashes. And I prayed. I said, God, what is going on? Take these rashes away. Her rashes would start to go away. The next day, the rash would come back. Drive me crazy. God, take these rashes away, please. The rashes would kind of go away. They'd come back the next day. I'm like, what is going on? I pray. I said, Jesus, this is upsetting me. Why are these rashes coming back over and over again? I fall asleep and I have a dream. And in my dream, my daughter, Ellie, was next to our rabbit cage in the house and almost like juggling, but playing with the rabbit poop. And in the dream, she gets a, uh, a rash. I wake up, I go, oh. I took the rabbit cage out of the house. Never, ever from that day did she ever get a rash again on the body. Sometimes, sometimes it ain't no miraculous breakthrough. Sometimes you just got to move some dumb stuff out of your life. You know what I mean? Some rabbit poop. <laughs> Come on. But the cool thing is that God's with us. And we can press into that. Yes, there might be some waiting. Yes, there might be some wrestling. Yes, you might get a little upset. But just tell him that you feel upset. One time I prayed for a guy, and I, he had a hurt shoulder. He, like, tore it. It was my brother's friend. And I prayed for him, and I go, test it out. He tested it. He goes, it still hurts. I go, hmm. I pray for him again. I go, test it out. He goes, it still hurts. And I'm thinking in my heart, I'm like, this dude's going to get healed right now. Sometimes I feel like that. And I don't know what it is, but it's a Holy Ghost function. I'm like, you know, no, 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 no. I pray for him again. I go test it out. He goes, it still hurts. I go, man. Okay, okay, bye. And he leaves. I go downstairs, and I'm like just upset, fuming. My God, your word says that if I believe, and I swear I believed in that right there, God. I'm like so upset right now. Like I believed. I'm so upset right now. I'm so hurt by this. (laughs) The Bible says, if I ask for anything and I doubt not and I believe that it shall be given to me. God, I believed in this. I know I did. This is so upsetting to me. I got so upset I fell asleep. (laughs) In my dream, I I have a dream. This is my dream. The guy who I prayed for was walking around and he was really healed. And he's walking around lying to people going, I'm not healed. But he's healed. And I wake up from this dream and I'm like, what is going on? Was he actually healed or not? My brother all of a sudden calls me or whatever. He goes, Micah. I go, what? He goes, my buddy Chris just texted me. I said, what did he say? He said, he's totally healed. He's going snowboarding right now. And I'm like, ugh. What is that about? I don't know. I'm just trying to be real. Sometimes things get frustrated. I'm just trying to relate. I'm not trying to say, you know, we go for healing and then all of a sudden we always feel all cupcakes and roses. I ain't saying that. I'm saying there's a place of growing. You're going to grow into the full stature of Christ. Yes, Jesus was walking and he's walking a supernatural way. Yes, he was being a model for us, for us to walk in a certain kind of a life, which is the life walking by the spirit. And we have to learn what that means. If I say walk by the spirit and you go, what does that mean? That's the problem. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
I only have five minutes left, guys. <laughs> okay, we're going to have to end. Listen. Oh. <laughs> Dude, Jesus is really coming back. I actually believe it. Okay. <laughs> Jesus was walking a certain way. Yes, he's our model, but he's, he is Jesus, and he's doing it perfectly. <laughs> and this is a place for us to grow into the full stature of Christ, which means the Bible says you go from faith to faith. So you're not just like, you don't, you might get born again and become perfectly holy. You might get born again and get the fullness of healing in you. You might be born again and get the fullness of power in you. You might be born again and get all of righteousness in you. You might be born again, get the halo over you and be called a saint, but you're just a baby and you got to grow up. Okay. Jesus was walking around like the grown up. And that's something that is something we're aiming for. So when we don't see things that Jesus did and we're called and we don't see it, we don't go, man, I must not be a Christian. No, you are. It's okay. Mm, but the living God is in you. And let's keep going. Let's keep loving each other. Let's have, have grace for one another. This whole life is supernatural. You might still get bitter at your friend. You might still get upset. Things might happen. You got to learn God is love. He really loves you. God's in you. You don't have to act like a booger to your spouse or your friend or whoever. Right? But I might have a moment. And if I have a moment, that wasn't Jesus. Doesn't mean I'm not a Christian. It just means I'm called to something higher. Yeah? I love you guys so much. I told them your testimony of your leg before service. Although some of them might not have heard. Will you share it? You want to come? This is my wife, everybody. Give her a clap so she has confidence. Okay, good, thanks. Okay, but who, 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 was having some hip pain and it was like months of just on and off hip pain. And then also my right, like the right back ish area would get kinked up sometimes. And it was just really debilitating. And so I went to a chiropractor and I'd, I'd never been to a chiropractor. And he said that one leg was a little bit shorter than the other. And, and that, you know, every time I come in, basically it doesn't just go away, you know, um, but he can help relieve some of that pain. But, How does he try to relieve it? Um, by, like, cracking things, but then also, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I, I was like, okay, well, I had seen before in our ministry, we, we saw, once he said one leg was shorter than the other, I was like, that's awesome, because I've seen that, ha like, God grow it out before. It's like, okay, cool. Well, this is a problem that can be solved, you know, so... Um, I told, I went to Micah and I was like, cause that was, it's like the one that, you know, some people like they, they see ears pop open all the time or they see, there's just like the certain miracles that kind of follow them or that they, they operate in. But we've, we used to see legs grow out all the time. So I was like, okay, that's not a big deal. So then, um, I told Micah, I said, can you, so I was having, I even kind of forgot. And then I started having the pain again and I was like, oh, can you pray for me? Because, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I've been having hip pain and my leg needs to grow out. 
So he's like, yeah, let's do it when we get home. So we got, get home, and the kids are all around, and they're videotaping. And my leg was just like half an inch shorter than the other. And it's crazy how much that little bit can cause all these alignment issues because even I was kind of like tilting a little bit too. What about the gym? And at the gym, I would always like plant my feet off a little bit. Um, and yeah, and then just like even laying down. I just would always have residual pain in my hip. So... He prays for me, and what the kids prayed. Yeah, yeah. The kids prayed. He prayed. Um, we see it kind of like just slowly align, and then Judah screams. Judah screams. They're all excited. The kids are really happy. We videotaped it, and then um, the next morning, I, or then I kind of was just like, okay, all right, cool. You know, that's great. The next morning, I woke up and I looked again, and it was everything was still aligned. Everything looked great, but the real test was that the hip pain just went away, and so I haven't had any pain, and um, and even at the gym, like, my feet are aligned when I'm working out, and I just feel like that was kind of an obstacle that was very distracting in my life, and so now it's not there, and it's really exciting. So, some of us don't just need healing. You need a full-on miracle. You know there's a difference between a miracle and a healing? Like, the Bible says there's gifts of healing, but then there's miracles. Like, those are two separate things in the Bible. Read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Two separate things. Some, some of y'all need a miracle. Like, I remember that one guest preacher we had up here. He said that there was, they knew a person that had no stomach. Like, a stomach. And God gave them a new stomach. With, uh, that one lady, that one lady had no uterus or something crazy. I don't even know. Ovaries or something. She didn't have, she couldn't make a baby. She could not have a baby. God literally put it in her and now she's a grandma. Is that? Oh my God. Um, I do. Oh, is, uh, is Bianca still here? She's walking somewhere. I wanted to release healing over her. Um, <laughs> Raise your hand if you need a, mi- a miracle, a healing. Raise your hand. Okay, notice the people around you. Okay, this is what we're going to do. If you're around them, I want you to stretch. If you're close to them, if you could lay a hand on them, if they're okay with it, ask them. Say, can I put my hand on your shoulder? Um, uh, what we're going to do is two things. I, I, want, I don't want you to, to beg God and say, I don't want you to be like, God, would you please heal this person? I don't want you to do that. Because if you come to him, you got to come in faith. <laughs> what I want you to do is realize God's in you. You're the body of Christ and your hands on them right now. You're literally the manifestation of Jesus for them right now. Okay. So I want you to recognize that. Come on in, Bianca. Will you sit right there? All right, put your hand on Bianca too, guys. Right there, her shoulder, please. New, new shoulder, and she's new everything. God, we just thank you. So right now, what I want you to do is, I don't want you to go, please God. I want you to say, very simple words, be healed in Jesus' name. <laughs> say, pain go right now. Wow. You know, that's prayer. That's actually the prayer. And you don't want to know what's something crazy? You know, Jesus prayed multiple times. Jesus Christ. That's not a cuss word. That's a name. Jesus Christ <laughs> prayed multiple times. 
He prayed for a blind dude. He prayed multiple times. Don't ever be discouraged if you have to pray multiple times. Don't ever be discouraged if you have to stay in a, a place of faith and wait something out. But continue to confess. Confess it. But I want you to also tap in and see. See, here we go. See if God does anything. See if he does anything or hear if he says anything. And if he does, I want you to say that over them. And if he, if he, if he says anything, I want you to say that over them. Does that make sense? Whatever you see, tell him. And whatever you hear, tell him. Okay? So command it to go. Command healing. But I want you to be people who see and hear. And what is God showing you? If he does. If he doesn't, that's okay. It's enough to just to pray for somebody. Okay. Now, we don't have all day, and, and some of us want to go eat in and out. Raise your hand. If I want you to test it out. If you were prayed over, and you feel a difference, something's different. Some of you can't test it out. Some of you need to be like Melissa, maybe, and wait a day or two and really see. That's fine, too. You can always share testimonies later. Or we can keep praying. If we didn't see it, we just keep praying. But raise your hand if you feel like something's different, if you recognize something change. Somebody right here, what happened? What happened? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Come on, declaration. Come on, it is. Oh, it's normal Christianity. Let's go. I like you. <laughs> All right. Can I get the worship band up here and the prayer team as well? If you want more prayer, come up. There's the prayer team. God did something. Please tell somebody. Share your testimonies. I love all you guys. Hope you enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon. We pray you experience all God has for your life.